welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tea. So excited you're here with me today because I have an amazing guest. I'm so excited to introduce you to Megs. Hi, Megs. Hello. How are you? So good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited about this. I can't wait. Well, listen up. Megs is a professional word twerker, ghostwriter, book coach, author, and publisher. And through her businesses, Make Writes and, uh oh, okay, Megs, you might have to help me out with this one. <laughs> In Omnia Paratus. You got it. You're okay, good. cool. Okay, good. Make coaches and supports other creative, trend setting, woo believing badasses to confidently share their message, story, expertise, and unique brand of magic without migraines, sleepless nights, or court ordered anger management, solidifying their authority <laughs> and blasting their businesses to the next level with the power of well written and professionally published book. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about ghostwriting. <laughs> Gonna be not awesome. even a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat, I gotta ask, how did you get into just writing in general? Like, where did the passion for that stem from? Oh my gosh! So writing, honestly, it's always been my gem ever since I was little. Um, I actually found a journal. Uh, my husband and I moved recently, and I found a journal from when I was seven years old. And in it, I had written down, like, when I grow up, I want to listen to old people tell their stories, and I want to turn them into books. And so I do that a little bit now, um, not quite so much with the old people. I mean, most of my clients are my age. But, you know, it, it writing and storytelling has just always been my safe place, my happy place. Mm. Yeah, it's just always been where I go back to. Mm. So I have a book. <laughs> yes. And I I say it, I say it like that because I don't consider myself really to be like an author, even though I have a book. I I used to journal all the time and I loved it. It was just a place like to put my thoughts and just leave it there. Um, but for some reason I stopped doing it. Like when my first daughter was born, like four years ago, I just kind of, I just, I stopped and I miss it. I miss doing it so much. Um, What would you say to, you know, to someone like me who's like, I, how do I even like start writing again? Like, what's the flow? Do I need to put aside time every day, a little bit? Like, what does that look like just to get the ball rolling? Oh my gosh. Okay. So how long do we have? Like, So, okay, for starters, one, yes, you are an author. You wrote a book. And I will apologize right now. Sometimes I curse. So apologies if I let one slip. Bring it on, bring it on. You wrote a book. You are an author, my dear. (laughs) Also, even before you're an author, you are a writer. You you are a business owner. You have podcasts. My guess is that you write things out for the podcast before you do that. You're a writer. You're, You're doing all of these things. So you may not be journaling in the traditional sense. But you're probably doing a little bit of writing every day. Maybe it's to-do lists. Maybe it's, you know, notes yes. in your girls' lunches, things. You're writing things. My my biggest recommendation, though, when I talk to people that either used to write and want to get back into it or have always wanted to and thought it was overwhelming and crazy is honestly just to set aside a few minutes. And a lot of my clients, I start them with five or 10 minutes a day. And I say, okay, for me, I can tell you what works for me and let's try and start there. And then we'll figure out if it works for you or if we need to throw it out and try something different. But Mm -hmm. I have to do it first thing in the morning while my mind is blank. 
before the world starts starts coming at me. Before I look on social media, turn on the TV, the radio, start binging a podcast, I have to be with me. And so I sit down and sometimes it's at the computer on a Google Doc. Sometimes it's on a post-it note. Sometimes it's on the notepad on my phone. But Mm -hmm. I make myself write for five to 10 minutes every morning. And it's just whatever is front of mind. Uh, This morning, it was, I need to buy a new bookshelf because we just moved in and this empty wall is killing me. So I need to find a bookshelf. I need to find a storage tote. I want to do a load of laundry. And then once I got that out of my mind, I was like, oh, I also have these two children's stories I've been playing with and I'm ready to start like sketching them out. And so once I was able to get things off the front of my mind, then the creative stuff comes. So I usually recommend people start there just five to 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be you know, you're getting a babysitter and spending the day away from the girls. It's right. Just right. a few minutes. <laughs> there's there's this meditative quality, at least for me, when yes. when I do actually sit down and go, okay, I'm just gonna write. And I I give myself the permission to not have like syntax and grammar all perfect. It's just like just flow, just just go, just go with it. Yes. And I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you if maybe you've experienced this with your clients, but I feel like that can be a major hangup for a lot of like what could be just incredible authors. They're, they're concerned about the, you know, yes, it's important, the grammar, the syntax and all that and run on everything, but just the flow and, and allowing it to just happen. I mean, that's important eventually, yeah. but at the beginning, no, it's, it's hard to do anything with genius that's stuck in your head. You have to get it out onto the page. Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, I call it word vomit. Just seriously spew it out, get it out because then you can play with it and mess with it. And just giving yourself permission to get messy, to just have fun with it. And nobody's going to die if you <laughs> write with no punctuation, like, sorry, nobody's going to die from it. It's, you know. That's so true. You know, here's here's why. So like when we first started talking here, here's why I say like, I don't really feel like I'm an author because never once did I ever put pen to paper. I'm more of like an auditory person. Yes. Obviously, we're doing a podcast. And <laughs> and so I just dictated my entire book and then I had an editor take it and rip it apart and then give it back to me and was like, can you edit like all of this? Um. So yeah, so there's there's different ways to accomplish getting to the book goal, right? Oh God. Yes. I have two clients that I seriously just finished working with within the last 30 days that both sent me their books as audio notes. Nice. One of them, it was, I kid you not like 75 hours of oh audio my gosh. that there was transcribing and back and forth. And I was like, mm, I don't know if you said write it or riot. Neither one really makes sense. Like let's try and figure out. But I mean, if that's what works for you to talk it out, do it. Oh my gosh. No, that's huge. And you're definitely still an author because you, you told the story, you, you made the story happen and your editor didn't write it. They, they spit shined it and they, (laughs) they made it prettier, but yeah, very much. So did she? Oh yes. (laughs) Shout out to Carly Carruthers, man. She's, she's my jam. (laughs) She's editors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Editors deserve a lot of credit, but let's talk about ghostwriting specifically here because, okay, well, first of all, for, for the people listening that have no idea what that even means, can you give a little explanation on, on what that actually is? 
Oh, yes. So um, <laughs> there are a couple explanations I like to use because a lot of times people are like, when they hear Ghost Rider, they think of like the little cartoon guy from Saturday Morning Cartoons where he's the Ghost Rider. Yes. It's not that. It's not that. Um, not that. Um, not quite. And no, I don't work with dead people. Um, my grandma did haunt my old house, but no, not that. Um, it's love, serious- I hope. Oh, super fun. But like it being a ghost writer really means that I come in like a ghost and I help capture your story, whether that be you telling me, hey, I've got an idea for a book. Here's a few key points. And then I go back offline and write the whole thing and send it back to you. And you let me know, yep, we're good. You put your name on the cover and I disappear into the ether. Or whether it be something where we go back and forth on it and kind of write it together. The main thing about ghostwriter situations is thinking that it is a ghost. I'm invisible. I, I'm a curvy girl. But in the aspect of this, I am invisible. And so at the end of the day, because it is your story. It's your voice. It's your message. I'm just helping like an editor helps. I'm just helping bring it to life and get it into a a packaged published form that you can then share with the masses. And so once it's finished, your name goes on the cover because it's your story. And then I disappear back into the ether and I go on work on the next project. What does that feel like not getting the quote unquote credit for your work? What is, what is that like? So I. That's actually a really good question. And it's one that I'm surprised more people don't ask. Hmm. Um, When I first started my business in writing, I started as a copywriter because it's like, well, if I want to write and get paid for it, I need to write for people that have money. Business owners have money. Ergo, I'll become a copywriter. Mm -hmm. It was, it was great, but it wasn't fun. I knew that I wanted to write books. But I also knew that in order to make money from writing books, I needed to help other people write books. And that was a sticking point for me for quite a while because my ego was still very much in the place where I was like, I want my name on the book. Damn it. (laughs) I want my name on the spine. But then once I wrote my own first book and felt how freaking amazing it was to feel like, okay, I have this book here in front of me and it has a barcode, which means it's real. And my name is on the spine and it's, it's, it's on the shelves of the library of Congress. Like it, it exists. My book exists. It's real. I birthed it. People, somebody in Egypt bought it. I don't know why. I don't know what they have to do. They bought it. It's cool. Once I had that feeling, I was like, okay, no, I have to do this because other people have to have this feeling. And knowing so many people won't either won't or don't feel like they're able to do it on their own, knowing that that's something that I can help them do. I was like, yep. Okay. I'm over the ego. It's out the door. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. I, I love that transformation that you got to have that you went through of just wanting to empower other you know, authors, writers, people who, who can't necessarily get the story out there without your help. And that's, that's so sick. You're like a doctor. (laughs) You're like a doctor helping people, you know? Yeah. I take it. I have a client recently that told me I was like a midwife Mm -hmm. because she was like the whole process. It was, it was kind of gross. It was painful. (laughs) There were tears. Like 
she and I met in person numerous times and it was, her story is a very emotional one. And it was, Mm -hmm. there were tears. It was very emotional. But at the end of it, she was like, it was kind of like you were my book midwife. And I'm like, I will take that. Yeah. That's quite the compliment. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. Well, so how long then have you been running your businesses? Like they're they're all, all online, right? For the most part, you are like the solopreneur rocking it in the online space. How long have you been doing this thing? So um, I actually started my first business. I'd been writing copywriting as a side hustle, honestly, off and on for about 20 years. Wow. Um, but I went through the whole, you know, you're never going to make a living doing what you love. So you have to go to school and get a full-time job thing. So did it all just, you know, under the table, behind closed doors. January of 2020, um, uh, I just had this realization. I was like, I'm done. I can't, I can't be phoning it in anymore on jobs that I really, really don't like. And I really don't enjoy. And so decided to leave my full-time job and start the copywriting business. Um, then of course, you know, the world caught fire a few months later. So that was interesting mm-hmm. timing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I am glad though that I made the decision instead of it being something I was forced to do, because I feel like that helped a lot. I get to claim it. Um, yeah, I did have the copywriting business and it, it's the same business makes rights. I just was really focused on copywriting. And then after about seven months, I had someone approach me and asked, do you do ghostwriting? And I was like, well, it was in my five-year plan, but you know, seven months, five years, if the universe says it's time. Um, yeah, took it on. It happened. And I was like, all right, I'm never going back. Copywriting. I'm sorry. You're out. Um, <laughs> ghostwriting is it. Yeah. And then I just launched the publishing company earlier this year, um, just about three months ago. Nice. Congratulations. That's a good feeling. Thank you. Nice. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah. Well, to have, to have both go hand in hand, that's, that's awesome. Right. They all work together. So it's good. Or they both, both of them work together. So I have some private information that you shared with me that our listeners don't quite know yet. And so I hope it's okay that I say this, but you had, you had had like emergency back surgery. Okay. So like, what's that all about? Because you were, you were able to like write and publish an entire book within 90 days while you were recovering from having back surgery. So what? Like what what's that story? And are you okay? I am good. Thank goodness. Um I'm able to walk and more importantly I'm able to wipe my own ass, which Oh my gosh. That's like that's important. Two that real was horrible. Important things. <laughs> Seriously, priorities, right? <laughs> um yeah, I had been dealing with like really bad low back pain and for honestly, it was almost a year and the doctor who shall not be named <laughs> uh, kept saying, oh, it's sciatica. It's because you're a curvy girl, you're overweight, it's sciatica. And I was like, mm, but I don't think sciatica does, you know, here's this list of different things that are happening. And um, she just kept feeding pain pills. And I'm not a, I'm not a big, no judgment to people that, you know, they need that. I would much rather just drink my water and coffee and live on that. Um it got to the point where I honestly, I couldn't think I just, you know, anybody who's been in that, I, you've had children. So when the pain gets to the point where you can't feel or think or, you know, form sentences, I, I was there and it finally got to the point where, um, I could not wipe my ass. 
because I couldn't like lean or bend. It just was fully, my back was, it was to the point I couldn't walk. Um, my husband finally convinced me that um, he actually told me he wasn't going to help me get out of bed unless I agreed to go to the emergency room. Um, and I really wanted to get out of bed because I had to go to the bathroom. So I was like, okay, sounds good. So we went to the ER and they did an emergency um, uh, MRI and my vertebrae, um, two of my discs had basically exploded and were severing my spine. So um, it's actually crazy. They showed me a picture and there was like ugly. And this was all during COVID. So uh-huh. he couldn't come in with me. So my husband's like in the oh. car and I'm texting him and I'm like, they just showed me this picture and they were like, this is your spine or your spinal cord and see how thin it is. Like you're that close to being paralyzed. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So there, lots of ugly crying, so much ugly crying. And so they rushed me in for emergency surgery um, that night. So now everything's good. I was on the men for a little bit and. It's actually just been a year ago now that that happened, about like a year ago, two weeks ago or something. Um, But yeah, so they did surgery and then I was not supposed to work and not supposed to lift anything and not really supposed to move. So I lived in a recliner chair in our living room for a few weeks and wrote my and published my first book. (laughs) What else (laughs) am I going to do? You had the time. You had the condensed time. At least you put it to good use. Whoa. Exactly. Wow. I also watched a lot of like horrible TV. Um, As you do. I mean, yeah. you, know, you watch horrible TV to make yourself feel a little bit better. I understand. 100%. 100%. I, understand. I had a, um, I had a couple of back-to-back car accidents in my, my late teens oh. and, uh, fractured my neck in, in one of those car accidents. And I, I couldn't walk for a period of time just because the, the pain was so extreme. And so I, I know what that's like when a doctor's like, you just don't you have whiplash. It's all, it's fine. You're like, this isn't fine. I don't want to be on pain pills. I don't want to keep like, this isn't fine. Um, but I too, the reason that I got into marketing and affiliate marketing and business growth and business building is because I had such a condensed period of time where I was just in bed. I've yeah. never met another person that had a story similar to ours where it's like, you know, I accomplished this because I was dealing with some shit <laughs> and I'm healing and yes. now we're growing and moving forward and here's what we're going to do with it. So that's so cool. I I love that. Oh you my gosh, that. I love that. Back to ghostwriting because I'm I'm fascinated by this as a potential business model. Okay, I have uh, quite a few colleagues who will hire ghostwriters, and they'll come up with a random idea, like you know, I and and they have like pseudonyms, and they'll talk all about like I want to talk about like psychology uh, uh, and dogs. Like, what? And then they take it to their ghostwriter, who like you know all of a sudden has this incredible book that they then go on to audible and they hire someone to read it to, that has a voice that might go similar to what the author is like going for the author right my friend who hired the ghostwriter so it's like le- it's layers right it's layers of how to get there and i've got some colleagues that have like upwards of 20 audiobooks and they make yeah. a great side hustle from that just by hiring yeah. ghostwriters and then the people who are reading the books, it's pretty incredible. Like literally they just come up with the idea. Have you seen this? Like, do people come to you with similar okay. things? Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Wow. My the majority of my clients, there definitely is a huge market for that. 
the majority of my clients have been, it's probably getting to be about 50-50 now, where 50%, it's their personal stories and they are wanting to share it either for their own personal brand and for their own life and situation. So they want their name and face on it, mm-hmm. which 100%, like that's do you. The other 50%, and it was more in the past, it has been people using it for their business. So using it to leverage their authority, their expertise mm-hmm. to show, hey, I am a coach in, I, I am a life coach that primarily focuses on dogs with bad behavior, like parents of dogs with bad behavior. And I want to provide a book that gives, you know, a glimpse into my expertise and the knowledge and the training that I have and how people can take this book home and put some of the things into practice and it'll work for them. And then maybe if they have another horrible dog in the future, they'll want to come and work with me in person. And so they're using it as, as a lead magnet. I hate saying a lead magnet because with the online world, we think of lead magnet being like a free one pager with right. five tips to get fit today, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, but it's, it's a lead magnet on a grand scale, as well as a side hustle income that you get from book royalties mm-hmm. and having that status as author. I mean, it, it's more likely to get them on podcasts, get them on guest spots. I have two clients right now that their goal with their book is published is to be asked to be a TED speaker, not, not TEDx, but like TED, they want to be on the stage. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do it. Like I'll, I'll do my part. And then you work with PR and get yourself up there. But love that. So a lot of them use it really as a a jumping off point for their business. Um, So a lot of them haven't been using pen names I do have one client right now that will be publishing things under a pen name, under a pseudonym. Um, and yeah, 100% of the audiobook happens. They will definitely be finding someone else to to read it for them, to voice it. All right. It's, I mean, the the opportunities and the possibilities, it really is, it, it is endless. It's, there's so much, so much available. Thank God for people like you, <laughs> truly, because I like for me, it's hard enough for me to like hold my own thought for a second without a kid using me as a napkin. Um, and so to actually like sit down and, you know, get that out on like, like pen to paper on a laptop or whatever, it's it takes a lot. And with that, I know comes like a great deal of like organizational tools. Right. And so how do you, as a writer with, with various projects, how do you organize your copy, your content, like without going crazy? Because I'm sure the projects are a lot. Do you use like a software to help you out? Like, do you have, you know, post-its everywhere? What does that look like for your process? So I do have post-its everywhere. I also have like a to-do board. I don't know if I can twist my camera to show you. I have nice. my cork board where mm-hmm. I have like each task I'm working on has yeah. its own notes. Um, that's also the to-do lister in me where like, once I finish it, I want to rip it off and like shred it and throw it away. So I have to have that little, little enjoyment, honestly. And I shameless plug, I use Trello and I freaking love it because it's that virtual corkboard that I can use and have on my phone, desktop, laptop, tablet, if I can find it, you know, to be able to see all of the notes that I have that way. I I try not to take on 
try being the operative word, too many big client projects at once, because I do really want to be able to focus my attention on each of their stories. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a full length book project, ghostwriting, you know, post-its to published, it is something where I do limit myself to one at a time because I want to make sure that they have my full attention. Um, Also, because the majority of them are, when people come to me and are like, okay, I'm ready to hire a ghostwriter. They don't want to wait three years. They want it done within the next six to nine months. And I'm like, all right, let's, you know, let's roll mm-hmm. up our sleeves and get this done. Yeah. Um, but Trello is phenomenal to be able to track my notes about conversations, where we're at, when drafts are due. Mm-hmm. That I love. I started using it because we got a puppy and my post-it notes started disappearing. And <laughs> I was like, this classic. is not going to work. This is not going to work. <laughs> So that is huge. For my own copy and content and whatnot, I use Google Docs. They are my bread and butter. And then I also, I I have not yet published any fiction myself, but I am working on um, a series of children's books and then a psychological uh, thriller. And so for those, I'm using Scrivener, which has been absolutely amazing for like story arcing and mapping out each act and whatnot. And Cool. I've never heard of that. Wow. Scrivener. Oh, it's Scrivener with a V. It it's amazing. Um, it really I've talked to so many people and they're like, mm, no, it's the same. When I do a nonfiction or a book for a client, I can use Google Docs and Word, and that makes sense for me in my mind, the way that I'm mapping it out, because it's not an arc. It's mm-hmm. usually each chapter is a segment of a story and and it it is a story arc, but it's a different one. It's not a world I'm creating and pulling out of, you know, where, and with Scrivener that allows me to actually take each act and break it up and say, okay, well, act one, scene one, this happens, these characters. And so it helps me to keep the two separate, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty phenomenal software. I'm I'm a big fan of that one too. <laughs> oh, I geek out on new software. So this is exciting. Oh, yeah. Add it to the toolbox. That's oh, totally. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> so, okay. Psychological thriller. So what a lot of people, I mean, they would never know this about me, but I have a slight obsession. It's not slight. It is. It's an obsession with true crime podcasts. Like I, I will binge them. Like I recently started listening to the mile higher podcast. Are you familiar with this one? Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Not love them. They're the sweetest. Um, but it's like so counterintuitive because then they're talking about these like horrible things. Yes. The way in which a lot of true crime, um, is being shared. It has an arc. Right. And, and whether or not we're getting to like the conclusion you want, the stories are all really wild and, uh, and they, they hook me in. That's for sure. Every single time. So when did your uh, obsession with true crime (laughs) happen? I, uh, I'm not even, I, (laughs) I don't have very many memories from when I was little. I'm one of those people that like lost it and no, it's not traumatic or anything cool like that. It's like, I just legitimately have a horrible memory from when I was little. I just don't remember anything, but I remember sitting on the living room floor in front of our creepy antique rocking chair doing like one of those rug hook things. Do you remember those? Oh, I totally do. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was totally dating myself. Okay, (laughs) Watching unsolved mysteries with my mom and like, 
Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It scared the shit out of me, but also equal parts fascinated me. And I was like, so intrigued. Yeah. So seriously, whenever that was like, <laughs> when I was like eight, that it started. Wow. wow. <laughs> They're a trip. I know we're like, I'm digressing, but I think, I think it's oh, interesting. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting because the writing that you're doing, right? Like you said, you haven't done a fiction yourself yet. You're like, you're working toward it, but have you seen where clients come to you, authors come to you and say, you know, I, I want to do a memoir and I want to do some science fiction thing. Like, cool. Okay. Well, and so many times I, I just had a call with, uh, a prospective client yesterday. She's a client. It's happening. Uh, her story is amazing and I can't wait. It's, we're making it happen. It'll be on bookshelves soon. Um, but she like within five minutes of us talking, she's like, well, I have this one idea. And we talked and I offer 20 minute, like risk-free, no charge consultation calls if people want to talk. Um, I think we were on the phone for an hour and a half at last check because we were just so into it. And By the time we hung up, I think we had mapped out like seven books that she has. And I'm not talking like, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool if I wrote a book about this? I'm talking like fully fledged out ideas that she knows. I'm like, yeah, you have a whole series. Like we're not talking one book where, and then once people have one done, I have so, I remember it shocked me the first time I finished a ghostwriting project and the client, I sent her the final drafts of the cover and I, I design covers for them too and whatnot nice. to make sure everything's cohesive and designed all of that and sent it to her. And she sent me a picture and she was like ugly crying. And then she sent me a picture when she had the first hard copy in her hand and she was like, okay, when do we start the next one? And I'm like, oh, you want to do it again? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment. It seriously is. It seriously is like, okay, you want to play? Cause it, it's storytelling, whether it's true or it's lies, it's storytelling and it's, it's so much fun. And I'm like, oh, you want to play again? Okay. We get, when's our next play date? Let's play some. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I can just tell, I can tell that you genuinely love what you do. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Something else that, um, that made me smile is, is in your bio, you say woo believing. What does that mean exactly? I I lump anything that's a little a little out there, I guess, into the woo. So I used to be one of those people that was like mm, mindset, like just decide you're gonna do something. It's not mindset. It's not affirmations. Just say, hey, I'm badass. I'm gonna do this. But uh, when I first started my business, I really started looking into. the power of affirmations and the power of mindset. And, you know, as, as someone, I'm, I'm sure being a podcaster, you do a lot of research. I'm sure you're also kind of into like digging into stuff. And I, right. I, so I looked into it like, okay, well, what is this mindset shit? What, what is it? Does it actually work? What does it do? Do I have to buy a kit? Like what do you have to do? And, And I started really paying attention to, you know, okay, the things that I say to myself. And when I tell a client, hey, your story matters. And and I mean it wholeheartedly. Like, well, God, why am I not saying that to myself? Why am I not, you know, thinking these kind thoughts to myself that I know are true about my clients? 
okay, they're also kind of true about me. And Mm. so the woo for me, mindset, affirmations, positive thinking, trusting that honestly, the universe is conspiring in my favor. It's conspiring in your favor. It, I, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, goddess, mother nature, woo, you know, an alien on the great planet craw, like wherever you want to talk about it, it's, we wouldn't be put here. I, I don't think we would be put here for something else to like, just fuck with us. I, I think we were put here to do things and to make an, make an impact and to hopefully help others. And so all of that for me is the woo. That's the woo. <laughs> so well said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. We're in the woo. I love it. <laughs> All about the woo. So Meg's recently launched a monthly meditation and journaling subscription, which is really, really cool. I had a chance to check it out before we got on this call. Can you tell our lovely listeners a little bit about that? Yes, I'm... I'm so excited about it. So it's called Unplug, Breathe, Create, because I feel like those are the three steps that that you need, whether you are an artist, whether you are someone who wants to be more creative, whether you're a mom who's just trying to find a few minutes in the day to have for you, um, whether you're a business owner that's trying to find a few minutes in the day that's for you, uh, just being able to unplug, to remember to breathe, and then to create, just to get messy and have fun and play. and um, it, it came out honestly with my delving into the woo and, um, earlier this year, I had the absolute pleasure of going and meeting with my business coach in person. And she has since become an absolute best friend and sister from another mister and just, yeah. Um, but when I went and, and saw her at a retreat she held in Nashville, she surprised us all with the, uh, assignment, the the fun project that we each got to write our own um, quick little guided meditation. And then she took us to a professional recording studio and we all got to record them. And words have always been my thing, but I have never until then thought about writing my own meditations or recording them or, or recording them for anyone else. Like why? (laughs) Mm. And um, the experience of being able to use my my gift that I know I have with words and being able to turn that into something that I could record and and have a really big impact on other people that were able to listen to it to really help them um, recapture their creative spirit and you know tell their inner editor as I call mine or their inner saboteur to get lost and just have a few minutes to get creative and get messy and have fun and you know, to find those little parts in our day. Um, it was, it was an absolute blast to be able to do that. So then I got on the plane, flew home and realized pretty quickly, uh, this is a thing that's going to happen now. And so (laughs) I proceeded to write, um, 11 more. And so now I have 12 of these really fun guided meditations that I've written and professionally recorded. And, uh, then as, as a journal addict, I knew that they needed to have something to go with them to help people reflect on, you know, what they're doing and thinking and feeling. And so I created um, journals that go with each month's meditation. And then 
a few other fun goodies, little woo goodies, uh, essential oils and crystals and whatnot. And yeah, packaged it up into these monthly subscription kits that go out and I'm, I'm having a ball with them. I'm, I'm having so much fun sending them out into the world and hopefully helping other people to, to give themselves just that five or 10 minutes a day to start a writing routine, to pick up painting again, to, you know, break out the Crayolas, just to have fun and get creative. Enjoy. I love this. Thank you so much. And this is an incredible gift for Tuesday Tea listeners. Megs is offering 20% off of an annual subscription to Unplug, Breathe, Create. Yes. I will be sure to have a link directly in the show notes where you can check that out. But it's it's really, really cool. I mean, just looking at it, yeah. Extra flowy journaling pens. I mean, come oh. on. <laughs> it has to be flowy. Nobody wants that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All kinds of goodies in there. So I have said this so many times for all you listening. You might be getting sick of it at this point, but I got to say it again. Having a book and being a quote unquote author. Okay. Meg's officially said it. I'm an author. All right. Being an author. <laughs> being an author. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the absolute best tools I could have added to my business. I use it as uh, a business card. I use it as a way to make clear points of contact and connection with prospective clients. To this day, I mean, I, I wrote my book in 2018. Is that right? Wait a minute. No, 2019. 2019. And to this day, every person that I've ever o- overnighted my book to, um, they've all become clients. So having a book as a business card, such an amazing tool. So if you're considering, if you're considering writing a book, regardless of what market you're in, you don't have to be a business owner. Highly recommend Meg's check her out. <laughs> What's the best way for our listeners to get in contact and just follow you on social? What, what does that look like? Uh, the socials? Yep. Anything, um, Instagram and Facebook, it's all under Meg's rights. Um, or my website, pretty easy, megsrights.com. And I have, um, the publishing company linked from there as well. So if it's something where you're looking for, um, you know, if you've already written and self-published a book or you have it as an ebook and you'd like to see it actually on a shelf, let me know. We can always do that. Um, and if it's something, you know, like you said, if it's something that you've thought about and maybe you don't, you aren't a hundred percent sold or you think, oh God, what am I even thinking? Like, this is too much. <laughs> feel free to, I have those, uh, complimentary calls on there. And I mean, it, it seriously is no pressure, no offer, unless you beg me to tell you what we could do, like, let's get on a call. Let's just talk about it. I would love to hear your story and help provide any direction I can. (laughs) Thank you so, so, so much for being here with me, for taking the time. You're awesome. I think we're going to be chatting a lot more after this. (laughs) Oh, 100%. You let me know. And um, yeah, if you ever want to talk true crime. (laughs) You know it. You know it. (laughs) All right. That's it for this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.